Welcome into the PFF Fantasy Podcast. We are here. We're going to go game by game here, hit on all the key players and matchups to prepare you for week 15. I am your host uh, today, Kate Majuk. You could follow me on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I am joined today by my co-host, John Macri, who unfortunately is a little bit under the weather. So I'm taking the reins for this one. We're about to go for a Kate Majuk ride and we're going to get you all prepared for week 15. Most of you are in your fantasy football playoffs. Uh, this might be week one. Uh, if you're in a, you know, one of those weird leagues, you might be starting next week, but either way, this is kind of a critical matchup. We have no more bye weeks. We've got a full 16 game slate. We are going to bounce from game to game. Make sure you're all covered. We'll have the timestamps here in the comment section. So if you, you know, want to find a specific game, just scroll down, find the timestamp and we'll get rolling. Uh, we're very excited to get through all of these matchups, but before we do, we want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. As a parent, you've had to learn many new skills to provide for your family, how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eaters, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies, plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quotes in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online. It's on your schedule. You go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Trust Fabric by Gerber Life to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states. Price is subject to underwriting and health questions. All right. We are starting off our week with yet another Thursday night football matchup that literally nobody asked for. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers going to face the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we've got Easton stick. We've got uh, like just a, a gross, gross, gross matchup. No Keenan Allen. Uh, we've got Aiden O'Connell on the other side of the ball. We've got a, a banged up Josh Jacobs. Um, I have to imagine John that you are not excited for this game, nor am I. I'm not excited. Sorry. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Here I am. This is why I'm not talking. I sound like freaking Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. Um, Yeah, not <laughs> excited. Not excited. Uh, and we might not even get Josh Jacobs. It might be a Zamir White game. So, yeah. Uh. It's it's looking grim. And I mean, unfortunately for the the, you know, defensive or the the offense, right? Like on the Las Vegas Raiders side of the ball, like this should be a technically favorable matchup. Like Aiden O'Connell maybe could post some, some games. The the charges are laying the six most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. Uh, you've got the chargers defense along the fourth most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. They've been susceptible through the air. So maybe you, you, you know, favor toward uh, Devonte Adams. Maybe you get a little bit crazy here with Jacoby Myers, but I do think that obviously Jacoby Myers, given the, uh, the ups and downs, the, the 
highs and lows, it's going to be kind of hard to trust him in such a crucial matchup. But how about on the other side of the ball? It's it's Austin Eckler. End of sentence. Is that yeah? Is that fair? I think so. I think so. And <laughs> it, no Keenan Allen, like you said. I mean, maybe there's more targets there for Austin Eckler as well. So. We did see Isaiah Spiller work in quite a bit last week, which was annoying, but I feel like you kind of have to start Austin Eckler. Um, yeah. Even though he just hasn't been been very efficient. There's really he is not who he is. Of, yeah. And, and really, you're you're just kind of hoping for a touchdown. Now, there might not many be, there might not be many touchdowns in this game. Uh, like I said, I, I think we know who we're starting. You're starting the bona fide studs in this matchup, and that is it. Uh, but we can move on. That means we can move on very quickly here because there's not a whole lot of fun things to talk about in that game. So let's move on to Saturday where we actually have a couple more interesting matchups. We've got a three game slate on Saturday. Finally, the, the NFL knows we've got to invade every single day of the week at this point, kicking off the day with the Minnesota Vikings traveling to face the Cincinnati Bengals, who dare I say have been kind of killing it as of late. And rolling under quarterback Jake Browning because I don't mean to alarm anybody but Jake Browning has been a top five quarterback in back-to-back weeks can you trust him again I am I don't mind him as a streaming option this week um like you said he's been solid and I wrote about him in the O-line D-line matchup article this week um and it is an advantage for the Bengals he's been really good from a clean pocket so far this year 86.4 passing grade um which would put him right behind Jalen Hurts if not for a smaller sample size so do like that four of his five passing touchdowns from a clean pocket as well 70 or 81% of his passing yards from a clean pocket so um I don't mind Jake Browning this week as a, as a streaming option he's he's kind of earned it and perhaps like the tiebreaker there. So uh, notably on the injury report this week is Jamar Chase, who uh, suffered an ankle injury last week. He was uh, listed on the team's estimated like initial practice report as a nine participant, but did get in a limited practice on Wednesday, which is a good sign just for his overall trend. Now, you know, maybe that's kind of the tiebreaker. If he's available, maybe you feel a little bit better about rolling out Jake Browning. Um, I, Temperature check on T Higgins, because I think maybe that's the biggest question mark. He's had his ups and downs, but, you know, coming off a, a you know, two reception, 72 yard game, uh, you know, still hasn't scored a touchdown since week two, uh, where he posted two of them. But we've seen a little bit more consistency from T Higgins in recent weeks over the last four games. Uh, has had 69 or more receiving yards and all but one of those matchups um, has, has, you know, been targeted at a decent rate, not, not nothing elite, but perhaps we see a little bit more involvement from him. If Jamar Chase is limited in any capacity, what's your level of trust uh, on a scale from one to 10, 10 being he's a must start in my lineup in this, this very crucial week to one being, if I have any other option, I'm starting. Oh, um, I think I'd go with uh, probably a four. Oh my god, this sounds so silly. I'm so a, sorry, guys. It's it's four it's is low. a sad number. That's it's a very a sad, sad number. number. Yeah, and I just I worry like you look at his playing time, his target rate, everything is lower for him than than what we're used to with T Higgins, and that's the part that concerns me at least. And I I know Jamar Chase says he's going to play, so uh, I I don't know I I. I just, he, he's been somebody that hasn't earned that trust, I guess, for me. And 
has been better, but still not great. It's just Minnesota's not terrible either. So I don't know. Yeah, four. I still I'm still sad with T Higgins. So four. <laughs> I I think that's fair. Uh, Minnesota allowing the 13th most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. You mentioned not a a tough matchup. They've been much more difficult, much more challenging against the run this game. Not going to be helpful for you know Joe Mixon, who has kind of been on the struggle bus in terms of efficiency as of late. But we've seen him utilize plenty in the screen game, which that has worked out very well to their favor. Um, you know, I, I think the the interesting uh, part is probably Chase Brown's uh, usage. I've been trending that very closely uh, on the, the PFF rushing report comes out every uh, Wednesday. Um, but we've actually seen back to back weeks where Chase Brown, rookie uh, running back for the Bengals, has had 10 plus touches. He's been. Uh, involved as a, a receiver a little bit as well, also getting in on that screen game. Again, not not a threat to Joe Mixon at this point, but he's a name that, you know, maybe if you're in a, a deep dynasty league and you're kind of hurting for for options, he might not be the worst uh, worst play, especially, you know, if they continue to utilize that screen game, uh, you know, I, I'm going to project the run will mostly be inefficient. Uh, you know, getting those yardage from the running backs uh, on the ground might be a challenge. So getting their their backs involved as receivers, I think, could be a good idea and could favor Chase Brown. On the other side of the ball, uh, you know, we've we've got some some ugly some we've got a lot of ugly Nick Mullins starting at quarterback. We had Josh Dobbs bench last week, which broke my heart. He was one of my favorite plays. Didn't pull through for me, my man. I, well, despite the options too, besides, despite the receiving options, you did have Justin Jefferson in his return uh, from an ankle injury, got forced from last week's outing with a chest injury, ended up going to the hospital, uh, checking out like some precautionary, make sure he had no big time internal injuries. It sounds like he's probably going to play in this outing. Um, I, I think is, is if I'm reading the, the tea leaves correctly here. So at least uh, Nick Mullins will have Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, who is my tight end one on the week. You have the Cincinnati Bengals who have just been hemorrhaging fantasy points to the tight end, allowing the most points to the position in the entire league this season. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, man, smash, smash start. Uh, I'd, I'd like to hit the over on, on pretty much any prop bet available on TJ Hawkinson this week. Cause I think he's going to have a big time day, but level of confidence in Justin Jefferson, you know, managing that chest injury. Is there any kind of hesitancy about loading him back into your lineup as a wide receiver one? There's, there's some concern, right? Like I probably have more as like a wide receiver two this week. Like I just, I think I'd feel worse benching Justin Jefferson and him going for like nine, one thirty and a touchdown or something like that, as opposed to starting him and him getting, you know, two for 26 again, something like that. So I'm still starting him for the most part uh, across the board, but yeah, there is, it, there is at least some hesitancy um, for him this week for, for me. Yeah, I think it, that's fair. Maybe just tempering those expectations. You're not sitting Justin Jefferson by any means, but uh, just maybe tempering those expectations a little bit. Jordan Addison, I think a, a perfectly fine play. Um, anything else in this matchup that we want to hit on or should we move on to the the ugly Bears and Browns? What do you think? 
The only other thing I think Alexander Madison is unlikely to play. Um, yep. it, it seems like, right. So Ty Chandler could be, uh, you know, a flex play or like an RB three high end RB three type option this week. So that, that would be pretty much it for me. Great call out. The Bengals have allowed a league high 16% explosive run rate this season, uh, giving up 4.8 yards per carry to opposing runners. That's the second highest in the league. Um, could be an interesting spot and could be a spot where like, if he does, if he does what we would hope he does, uh, fantasy managers, maybe we get, uh, some more appearances from Ty Chandler in the future. Obviously like Alexander Madison has struggled with efficiency this season. Um, I, I think, you know, Chandler could be the better option there overall, Moving on, Chicago Bears at Cleveland Browns. This could be another like kind of icky outing. Um, you know, AFC North football, it's ugly, it's defense, it's it's gnarly, right? But you look at the Chicago Bears coming into kind of a similar environment uh to what they're they're used to dealing with. So like not not necessarily foreign to being in, you know, some some cold, nasty weather off the lake. Uh, you know, Chicago Bears, they should feel, you know, relatively at home uh up here in Cleveland. But obviously, you've got a pretty challenging defense against the Cleveland Browns. Luckily for the the like just across the board, luckily for this defense, the Browns are dealing with a number of injuries in the defense, both on the defensive line and in the secondary that I think could make this matchup a little bit easier, even if it is, you know, a challenging road environment. I I, I don't think you're really hesitating here you're starting Justin Fields, you're starting DJ Moore, the yards after the catch, keep an eye on DJ Moore, um, limited in practice, suffered an ankle injury, but he did come back after suffering that injury last week. So shouldn't, doesn't seem to be an issue moving forward. I think you're starting Cole Komet. Now, the only question is, can you start the running backs in the system? Because my the barometer from a week to week basis has been all over the board for the Chicago bears backfield. One minute it's Roshan Johnson. The next it's Deontay Foreman. Then it's Khalil Herbert. I don't think you can trust this backfield in your fantasy football playoffs in any capacity. I'm with you. Yeah. I I'm, I'm staying away. If I have to start somebody it's Deontay Foreman, but like, I'm very upset about having to put him in a line. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's sad because like, you know, John, it's so frustrating because if you had all of these running backs, if you had one running back getting, you know, 70% of the running back touches, they'd probably have a really, really solid fantasy day, but that just hasn't been the case. And, And again, it like, especially going up against this Cleveland defense, even banged up. I don't think it's a, a wise choice, but um, on the Cleveland side of the ball, uh, Joe Flacco going to get his start. He was named the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns rest of season. Um, you have uh, Jerome Ford. You've got Amari Cooper, uh, David Njoku, who's coming off a two touchdown outing. Um, do you just start the Cleveland Browns? Like, are, can we officially um, kind of designate them as an offense that apparently we don't have to worry about all that much, regardless of who's at quarterback? I think so. Kind of. I mean, Amari Cooper has been pretty inconsistent this year. That that's it, probably the player I'm most concerned about. Like, and it's mostly had to do with the struggles of the offense, but you, you're not too worried about it here against Chicago. So I'm fine starting him. And then Jerome Ford, he's finished as a top 24 PPR running back in six straight weeks. So really, really uh, solid there. Not nothing too high, but he hasn't fallen out of that range for you. So he's given you consistent production. 
Yeah, and even, you know, Amari Cooper last week, uh, they got the win over the Jaguars, had 14 total targets. That was a season high for Amari Cooper here. Only posted 77 receiving yards, no touchdowns, but you're you're happy to see that the touchdown production is there, right? Like, it, you know, a couple of them went to David Njoku. At least Joe Flacco's throwing touchdowns, which is a plus. So hopefully we can get a couple of them to Amari Cooper this week, but Again, kind of a simple offense. I think we know exactly what we're going for. Uh, Jerome Ford, any sort of concerns for for you? I think I, I, I'm tempering expectations for Jerome Ford. Like you said, a, a top 24 PPR running back. I think a low-end RB2 is probably what to expect against the Chicago Bears defense that's tightened up, buttoned up a little bit against opposing running backs. But other than that, I think that's, that's this matchup. So we should probably head... Uh, into uh, Saturday night football. Is that like a technical term? We've got the Buccaneers traveling to face the Green Bay Packers. Now, this couldn't be a better spot for the Green Bay Packers to bounce back. They struggled a little bit. We we saw Jordan Love make some faulty throws, I'll say, against the, the New York Giants in week 14. But you're going up against that Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, which they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Um, you know, this could be a spot where you get to take advantage of that struggling secondary, that unhealthy secondary for the Buccaneers. Uh, I think you can go back to Jordan Love. I've got him ranked as like a low end QB one in this matchup, just given the fact they're at home, um, you know, given the fact that this just defense has kind of struggled in general. And on the back of that, uh, how about Jane Reed, who's, I guess, RB one for the green Bay Packers at this point, I, I called the, the game for him. I thought it, the, the fantasy production last week was going to come via the air, but no, it turns out Jaden Reed, uh, pretty much bona fide RB one for this offense, um, had 38 total rushing yards and a touchdown last week, um, amounted to 65 total scrimmage yards, uh, including eight receptions for a whopping 3.4 yards per reception average. So you don't love the efficiency, but again, PPR, baby, Jaden Reed, are we full steam ahead? I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean, going against uh, a more zone heavy team this week as well. Like we've seen Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed be better against zone than man. Um, so that's been nice. And then Christian Watson did not practice today on Thursday. So doesn't seem like he'll be getting in there. Um, so yeah, I don't mind Jaden Reed this week. Don't mind Romeo Dobbs either. Um, and then I just want to know, I think we skipped over Denver, Detroit. I think that's the Saturday night game, but we could go back to it. There's oh. no, no big deal at all. <laughs> we did. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, no, this it's fine. is it's fine. Uh, actually, you know what the, so the we'll close out Buccaneers Packers yeah, yeah, and then yeah, we'll yeah, switch no back. Yeah. Um, but good, very good catch. Uh, Broncos at Lions, a much better Saturday night football matchup uh, than the Bucks versus the Packers. Um, on the other side of the ball, so like I or uh, on the Green Bay Packers to close them out, I think, you know, Jordan Love, a fine start, going to upgrade him a little bit. If you do see Christian Watson back in the mix, it doesn't seem likely that he's going to be a go for week 15 either sat out of practice on Wednesday. So um, if Christian Watson is out, I think that's just a little bit of a, a bump to Romeo Dobbs, to Jane Reed. Um, but again, kind of this is a, a good spot for this Packers offense to take advantage of the secondary a little bit. AJ Dillon, you know, he's been, you know, involved as, as a leading rusher technically, but 
hasn't amounted to just a, a ton of consistent fantasy production. He's still scored just a single touchdown all season long, um, had 78 or more yards uh, in each of his last three games, but that's kind of it. Like you're, you're going for volume. You're going for that volume. That's, that's pretty much all you're, you're going to look at for uh, our, our friend, AJ Dillon here. Any, anybody else that you're actually considering? How about like Tucker craft, any, any interest in Tucker craft against this, this Buccaneer second, day did play a hundred percent of offensive snaps last week. Like, no, <laughs> it depends what my other options are, but I'm not, I don't know. In deeper leagues, there is one league actually where I will play him. Um, but it's like, it's such a deep league um, that I really don't, don't have a choice as far as like offensive flex players go. So um yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. Like, I'm not too upset about him. I, there's definitely worse options. So I, I'm fine putting Tucker Craft in there for, like, deeper leagues. I think um, Nate has him as tight end 16 this week. I feel that that feels about right to me. I think that's fair. Um, you know, the, the the you never know. Um, you never know what's going to happen with these, these tight ends. Uh, it could be, like, one catch for a five-yard touchdown, and you might be looking at a, a tight end one performance. So, Spin the wheel, see what you get. On the other side of the ball, we'll close out with the Buccaneers before circling back to the uh, Broncos-Lions game. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, interesting spot. It's going to be a, a tough, hostile environment, uh, leaving the depths uh, and warmth of Florida, traveling up to Lambeau Field. That's going to be a challenging environment. Um, the Green Bay defense been a little bit more buttoned up uh, against quarterbacks, uh, 26 and fantasy points per game to the uh, quarterback position 25th in fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. Uh, now worth noting, Chris Godwin has missed two consecutive practices this week with a knee injury. Um, so don't, don't love, uh, don't love hearing that, but boy, oh boy. I, I don't know. It Mike Evans might just emerge from this game with uh 50 plus targets. I don't know. Like he, he might be the, I'm sure he'll be the go-to guy in this game, but that volume might just be enough to make up for some of those efficiencies that the Packers defense have forced against opposing wide receivers this year. I like it. I mean, Chris Godwin, he's really been a ghost all year long. So let's throw those targets to Mike Evans and, and Rashad white and uh, let those guys be the stars uh, again, without any concerns there. So I'm with you. Yeah. Rashad white might catch uh 50 balls himself in this outing. Like, it, you know, we, we've said it before, they've kind of substituted the run game a little bit for, you know, getting Rashad white involved as a receiver. That's kind of been their, their go-to now, maybe if Chris Godwin is out in this one, uh, Kate Otten could be a, a sneaky backup play. Uh, we've seen him lead the team incredibly in routes run this season. Um, you know, ranks third in terms of total target share, 62 targets, 43 receptions for 389 receiving yards, four touchdowns this season could be an interesting spot from a volume perspective. If we see Chris Godwin out, um, obviously you're playing Rashad white, Rashad white is a, a bona fide every, every week starter at this point, you don't have to ask questions. He's a top five running back. Um, not really a whole ton else uh, on the Buccaneers side of the ball. I don't think you're, you're considering Baker Mayfield at this point. You're not not considering, you're not getting cute in the fantasy playoffs with, uh, you know, some of the depth plays at wide receiver for the Buccaneers. 
no way, no how. I think we can put this matchup in the rearview mirror. Let's circle back uh, to Saturday night football, Denver Broncos at Detroit Lions. This actually might be one of my favorite matchups of the week. I'm actually excited to watch this game, which I I didn't expect that to be the case earlier this season. You have Russell Wilson, who uh, obviously has had his ups and downs, could be in an interesting spot. He's going to play in a dome uh, against the Lions along the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Um, you know, you have on the other side of the ball, you have, uh, you know, Jared Goff, who's played well at home, uh, going up against this Denver Broncos run defense that can't stop anything from anybody. Um, I don't know. This might be a, a interesting, interesting game. I think it could be a fun one. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's it's kind of a nice matchup. And I mean, I don't really have like a ton of questions for these guys. Like we're starting Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown. And then outside of that, I mean, Jameson Williams maybe is a deep play, but ah, I, the Lions are pretty easy. The Lions are pretty easy. I will say I'm tempering expectations just a little bit um, in terms of Jared Goff's production in this outing. The the Broncos have been forcing some turnovers as of late. They've been uh, pretty productive on that front. Um, we've seen before Jared Goff can be occasionally prone to some turnovers. Um, so this could, I, I think this is actually a little bit more of a, a challenging matchup than most people are giving credit through the air. Um, they've allowed just four different quarterbacks this season um, to have scored or sorry, three quarterbacks this season to have scored 20 or more fantasy points. And that was in the first half of the season, like the second half of the season for this Denver Broncos secondary has kind of been, a, a, I feel like one of the more quiet narratives, like we're not really talking about what they've done uh, and what they've held some of these opposing quarterbacks to Justin Herbert. Um, obviously like dealt with a, a finger issue was forced early from that game, but uh, on 17 pass attempts total, just 1.84 fantasy points. You had Patrick Mahomes, 5.6 fantasy points, Josh Allen, 14.3. Um, this has been a, a really challenging matchup uh, just across the board. And I think it's because of their propensity for generating turnovers at this point. Yeah, I like that. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely love, love that call. And so, would you rather start Russell Wilson over Jared Goff this week if you if you had to choose between the two? I would. I like I, I like this matchup against the Detroit Lions secondary a bit better than I do the Denver Broncos, and that's hard for me to say because I have absolutely adored Jared Goff this year. He has been one of, I think, the most underrated quarterbacks just from a, a play perspective, maybe not from a fantasy perspective. Um, but, you know, Russell Wilson, it, he's had kind of the steady stream of production, um, I, I think, kind of generally underrated in terms of like his consistency at this point in the season. Hasn't had a ton of like boom games, but since they're by, um, he has been a top 12 quarterback in three of five games. This has been you know, Russell Wilson, low end yeah. QB one. And sometimes that's all you need. If you are starting some more volatile assets and other places in your lineup. Yeah. He's been consistent. At least like you said, like over the past five games, he's either finished as QB 11 or QB 18, nothing in between. It looks like nothing. Uh, according to our weekly finishes uh, page here. So it's uh it's pretty funny to see, but he, like you said, at least there's some consistency there and it's a, it's a decent matchup here for fantasy quarterbacks. 
Yeah, I, I think this could be an interesting spot now, you know, in terms of the run game, you know, Javante Williams, I'm not overly excited about at this point. Um, you know, I, I think we've we've kind of seen, you know, we, we, we've seen what he is, right? He's had um, some opportunity for volume, hasn't been overly efficient. He kind of started this year hot um, and since, you know, like, I don't know, week 10 or so, it just feels like he's getting some volume. He's getting some carries, but they just haven't amounted to much, which, um, you know, you love to see he got the, the rushing touchdown just last week, which helped his fantasy day. But in general, I think what you're probably expecting from Javante Williams up against this rushing defense, you're hoping for efficiency. The, the lions are much tougher against running backs than they are through the air. So I think that's probably going to be where they look to attack uh, the lions. I think, you know, you're starting Cortland Sutton, the touchdown machine, Jerry Judy. No. Is that fair? No. Uh, yeah. Like, just do a, I need just to give no more analysis? Though. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jerry Judy. Like I, I understand he has some name value and on paper, this looks like a, like a, a, a decent matchup. Um, but you know, Jerry Judy, the three of the last four, uh, sorry, two of the last three weeks has finished as a wide receiver 77 or worse. So that will be a no, anything else that I'm missing in this line or this Saturday night football matchup. Nope. Works for me. No. All right. Let's keep rolling through on to Sunday. We're, we're skipping back to Sunday. I'm sorry for the time warp here, folks. Um, let's talk about my Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to face the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Steelers and the Colts, they're both in these win now positions uh, where like it, it's critical, right? This situation uh, is dire. Both of them desperately need a win in order to keep their playoff hopes largely alive. Um, you have the Steelers coming in. They've had a, a little bit of a mini buy, a little bit more time to maybe game plan the offense with quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Remember coming out of um, week 13, they only had a few days prep with Mitch Trubisky under center. So maybe we see some of these offensive kinks worked out a little bit for the Steelers. Um, I think the best mode of attack is going to be getting to Indy through the run could be a really nice day for Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. I prefer Najee in this instance, just because of, you know, some of those more valuable carries in the red zone, but I think both of these running backs could have a solid day against the Colts who uh, have allowed plenty of touchdowns on the ground. Third most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Yeah. 19 rushing touchdowns. Like you said, tied for the second most in the league and I'm fine. Yeah. I'm good with, with putting Najee in there. I mean, I know that the snip, the, the split and snaps has been pretty even, but I mean, Najee's getting the carries. Warren's getting the targets. Najee's getting the goal line work. They're both getting their opportunities. So in a positive matchup like this, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a, a nice spot for them this week. Yeah, keep an eye uh, on the the receiving core. So Deontay Johnson popped up on the injury report this week with a knee injury. Um, it I, I believe he returned to practice on Thursday after sitting out on Wednesday. But just keep an eye, uh, keep an eye on his availability um, since that is a new injury. But um, you know, I, I think Deontay Johnson probably, if he's active, uh, the safer of the two Pittsburgh wide receivers. Um, if Deontay Johnson's out though, um, I, I think we could be in a very interesting spot, uh, for George Pickens. Obviously there's been a ton of frustration there. 
Um, Colts, they've been okay against opposing wide receivers, um, ranked bottom 10 in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So like not, this isn't a great matchup to target. Um, but you know, I think if Johnson's out, um, or, you know, they project him to be limited in any way, that could be just what George Pickens need to kind of get that volume back where it needs to be to produce. Yeah, I think that would be like the kind of saving grace for George Pickens. I'm I'm not interested in him at all if Deontay Johnson's playing, but if Johnson's out, yeah, he becomes like a wide receiver three. Like you said, the only thing with both of these guys too, they've both been very ineffective against zone coverage and Indy, the most zone heavy team in the NFL this year. Like you said, not an amazing secondary. They're not terrible either. So it just makes it a little bit tougher, but that that would be the scenario where I'd feel comfortable starting George Pickens. Otherwise, um, he's not making it in the lineup for me. Bummer. Uh, <laughs> bummer. There's so Sorry. much potential here. So much potential. There's so much talent in this offense, but they can't seem to unlock it. Um, one last question on this offense before we move on. What is your level of faith uh, in Pat Fryermuth? Can he get it done? Um, and is there any world, uh, like how desperate do you need to be before you consider starting Pat Fryermuth in week 15, probably week one of your fantasy playoffs? <laughs> Yeah, not full desperation mode, but like, I mean, he's probably not inside my top 10 to 12 tight ends this week. Um, he's he's not too far. He's on the fringes of that, basically, right? So, yeah, it, it's just hard. Like, how much do you trust the offense, right, under Mitchell Trubisky, the, the passing offense that is, right? So that that's where the biggest issue comes in for me, and, and that's why he's probably outside that range. But you like the talent. There could be opportunity, like you said, Deontay Johnson banged up. Yeah, I'm I'm not too desperate. Um, if I have to start him, I, I there's there's plenty of leagues where he, he probably makes the lineup for me. Pat Fryermuth does lead the entire Steelers, uh, like all of their skill position players in uh PFF receiving grade against zone coverage this season, which you just mentioned. The the Colts are playing you know at, at a league high rate. So perhaps they find a little bit of wiggle room there, but I, I think it's safe to say the best approach for the Steelers offense is to roll with the running backs and, and, you know, expect kind of RB two RB three production with the knowledge that you might just squeak out a RB one performance if they can find the end zone. Um, how about on the indie side of the ball? So we, I, I think have all been pleasantly surprised by the Indianapolis Colts with Gardner Minshew under center this year, the offense has kind of been rolling and you know what, who's been a, a big, big part of that has been uh, Michael Pittman who, since Gardner Minshew took over in week six has been the overall wide receiver seven, which boggles my mind. I, I don't think I, I realized how effective he's been, but man, you look at his target volume averaging 11.5 targets per game since week six. Um, you know, it's an interesting spot. The Steelers secondary, uh, you know, They've had their ups and downs this year. Um, you know, I, I imagine he's going to see a little bit of Joey Porter, which could be, you know, could could mean some tough sleddings here. But, um, you know, if they can get him going in the little middle of the field where they're decimated at linebacker, maybe we see a little bit of yardage. But, you know, maybe maybe this projects as more of a Josh Downs game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... Yeah, I I have a lot more faith, obviously, in Michael Pittman. That that's not saying much. Um, he's been a target monster, like you said. Um, Josh Downs and Alec Pierce are are the guys that I'm probably more concerned about. Like Downs, I 
I'm probably not starting him. Like I'm just looking like he's been pretty ineffective against man coverage. The Steelers, as we know, top 10 team in deploying man coverage, but they're not great at it either. Right They're 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 just a 49.1 team coverage grade while in man that ranks 28th. And um, yeah, I, I think there's opportunity there for Josh Downs, but like, again, deeper league, probably wide receiver for flex offensive flex option for me. I'm not like really trying to get him into, I don't know. Am I, am I way off there? Are you, are you more optimistic? I'm a little bit more optimistic uh, for Josh Downs. Now the, the biggest question and that, that purely comes from the fact that he plays the majority of the snaps out of the slot, which I mean, the Steelers, I don't know what they're going to do with this mini buy, if they're going to be able to come up with some answers, but I mean, just decimated across the middle of the field. So that that's going to be their one area of weakness. I think um, their biggest area of weakness we saw, you know, I think the tight ends in particular have been able to take full advantage of the Steelers, um, you know, since Cole Holcomb starting inside linebacker for the Steelers went down with a season ending injury um, in week 10, like the tight ends have have kind of feasted on this team. Maybe we see one of these tight ends and again, too risky to probably start any of these guys in your season long leagues. But, um, you know, the Steelers, because of that, have been a great matchup for tight ends over the last like four weeks or so. So desperation play, YOLO play, I think, you know, take a, a flyer on one of these guys. I thought it would be Kylan Granson last week and ended up being Moali Cox who got the touchdown. Kylan Granson still leads this Colts tight end core in terms of, of targets, routes run. Theoretically, if there's a guy, it should be him, but we'll see how that shakes out. Um, Zach Moss, you have him going up against the Steelers defense, which again, kind of been, um, a so-so matchup. Like we we've seen these ups and downs, uh, throughout the season with this Pittsburgh Steelers rushing defense. Um, you know, Zeke Elliott top five performance here in, uh, week 14 against the Steelers, uh, largely on the back of, of some volume, but you know, Zach Moss, he's one of those runners that I think is like a, a punishing guy and, He's one of those guys that, boy, as the game wears down, he's going to cause some vulnerabilities there in that defense. I think Zach Moss could be a pretty solid play here. I'm I'm installing him as like a a clear-cut RB2 this season, despite the inefficiencies we've seen over the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you, you just love the volume with Zach Moss, right? Like he's dominating the snaps, dominating the touches there for Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor's not going to play. So he, I'm with you. I think he's he's right inside that range for me. Um, I mean, there, there's potential like RB2 with upside, like you said. I love it. All right, let's move on. New York Jets at Miami Dolphins. Now, the New York Jets, um, you're probably starting Brees Hall just because his name is Brees Hall. Um, you're starting Garrett Wilson for, you know, I think some of that, that volume potential, nothing else on the Jets side of the ball. Don't think we have to spend a lot of time there. Uh, John, you're nodding your head in agreement. So we'll move right along to the Miami dolphins. Um, this is actually an interesting spot. So you look at the dolphins, they've been performing well at home. They're in a situation where they, they ideally like to bounce back after a surprising loss in week 14, but New York Jets, uh, who they did demolish just a couple weeks ago, um, you know, have 
been pretty solid uh, against, you know, especially quarterbacks. Uh, it, Tua had 7.8 fantasy points in their first meeting just a few weeks ago. Um, again, Tua does have some of those home road splits, but, you know, I don't know that this offense might be in any better position going against Tua. I, I don't think you can trust Tua here in week 15. Um, you know, even despite the fact that he's at home, you have Tyreek Hill, who's on the injury report with an ankle issue. Uh, had him going in and out of the lineup all last week. Um, we'll see how he kind of, you know, responds and and how that ankle responds through practice this week. But I think it's reasonable to expect that he's not at a hundred percent. All of that combined has me looking at, you know, Tua as a no-go, um, you know, really solid first half of the season. But since then, it largely been pretty dang disappointing um, and I don't know that his ceiling is necessarily worth the the likely low floor that we could see from him in week 15. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to avoid Tua where I can. One of my main leagues, I'm in the playoffs and I have no choice but to start him. And it sucks. I, I don't feel good about it at all. I know Nate wrote him up as a sit as well. All the reasons that you just said as well, right? So going against the Jets and and... Last time he played them, um, the, the the numbers weren't good. Um, and Nate also highlighted that only three quarterbacks have thrown multiple touchdowns against the Jets defense in a game. Um, and they've they've even held Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and CJ Stroud and, and, and others to, to one score or less. So you add the Tyreek Hill ankle injury into that as well. Ugh, it, it sucks. It, not that optimistic about Tua and I mean, yeah, even even Tyreek Hill, like you're definitely starting Tyreek Hill. Do ne- never sit him, but there's there's definitely some reason to temper expectations here this week. Yeah, you you don't love to temper expectations for for any of these guys across the board. Now, I do think, generally speaking, the Miami Dolphins, knowing the the propensity the Jets have for causing turnovers, uh, two or through two picks in their first meeting back in Week Twelve. They're probably going to continue to funnel this game through the ground in this week. I think it's a, a great matchup for Raheem Mostert. Uh, great spot for Devin A. Chain to to you know have a a solid fantasy day. Now, um, like last week was the last uh, the first kind of down performance you saw from Devin A. Chan, and I, I think what better spot to to build him back up? I'm starting both of these guys with confidence. Um, yeah, and you you I think. I feel better starting Jalen Waddle if Tyreek Hill is, you know, designated as questionable heading into this game. And it seems like he'll be limited, but not super excited about anybody outside of the running backs on this Miami Dolphins roster. Yep. All right, I'm moving on. <laughs> uh, New York Giants at New Orleans Saints. Uh, kind of a stinker in this one. I'm not super excited about this game. I don't know about you, John. Um, I don't know. We've got Tommy DeVito, who's kind of, kind of killing it very oddly enough. Um, I, I don't know what, um, what was in his Wheaties that day, what was in his mama's spaghetti in week 14, but, uh, NFC player of the week, uh, Tommy DeVito, any sort of faith that we're actually going to see a repeat performance from Tommy DeVito. This is a challenging matchup. The saints are a very challenging defense, um, along 23rd, uh, ranked 23rd in fantasy points per game to uh, opposing quarterbacks. 30th in points per game to opposing wide receivers, any trust level there for Tommy DeVito, any of his wide receivers, anybody outside of Saquon Barkley. 
No, not really. I mean, I know Darren Waller is probably coming back this week. Um, yeah, Saquon Barkley. I, I, I know. I, as fun as Tommy DeVito is, and you know the Tommy Cutlets memes, and yeah, a lot of uh, the inarticulate Italian noises memes floating around there. Um, <laughs> as fun as that is, I, I don't want to be playing t- Tommy DeVito in the fantasy playoffs. No, thank you. Um, yeah, Wandale Robinson maybe coming. You know, coming off his best game, probably the lone desperation play if I have to pick somebody. Wandale Robinson is one of my five five high risk, high reward players that I'm outlining in an article dropping Friday on PFF. Um, You have Wandale who has been kind of dominating plays out of the slot for the Giants this season. Now going toe to toe with Elante Taylor, who has just bled yardage uh, yards after the catch in slot coverage this year. So I think this is a a good matchup for Wandale, especially coming off a, a really successful outing. How about on the the Saints side of the ball? This is a, a much easier matchup, right? Uh, uh, technically speaking, on on paper, should be a better game. I think we've seen some improvements in the Giants' defense uh, as of late, but um, you know, not excited about Derek Carr. Of course, I, you start Alvin Kamara, you start Chris Olave. Are there any other players in this offense that you're giving a shot in your lineup? Um. Maybe Rashid Shahid if he's healthy, but I, I don't feel great about that either because he, he might be limited. So no, not really. Taysom Hill, another guy. Oh God, I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, Taysom, <laughs> Taysom Hill um, coming off injury as well. No, I think it's Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara for me. I I, I don't want a part of it. No. Okay. No, that's, <laughs> that's perfect analysis. I think that's all we need. Nobody really needs to to listen to us talk more about Derek Carr than we really need to now. We're going to take a quick break. Let's talk to you about prize picks. This podcast is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is a skill based real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. And if they will go more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And with the basketball season here, you can pick a combo projections with football, basketball from the specials league a league created specifically for combo projections, including two or more players from different sports, different leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10 and a half combined three pointers made and receptions go to prizepicks.com slash PFF fantasy use code PFF fantasy for a first time deposit match. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash PFF fantasy and use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. Uh, I know what I am kind of looking at uh, at this point in the week. I'm looking at Logan Thomas, more than 32 receiving yards going up against the Rams, who have been a favorable matchup for opposing tight ends. John, do you have any picks for us uh, to send off our listeners before they head over to prizepicks.com slash PFF fantasy to sign up for their account? Nice. Yeah, I like the Logan Thomas one. Um, I'm going with Austin Eckler to get more than uh, 31 and a half receiving yards here on uh, Thursday night. I know we got Easton Stick at quarterback. There's going to be no Keenan Allen. We talked about it, right? Should at least see a handful of targets this week. Hopefully get over that total. He's done it 60% of his games this year. Not a ton. I know he's been efficient, but um, yeah, feeling decent about Austin Eckler's receiving totals this week. They even have a bonus version of that this year uh, or this week where you can pick Eckler for over 49 and a half receiving yards and win up to a hundred times your entry. Um, so if you're feeling really confident about Austin Eckler this week, um, that might be the play for you as well. I love it. I love it. Uh, those are your picks again. That's prizepicks.com slash PFF fantasy 
uh, for a first deposit match up to $100. Let's move on. Houston Texans at Tennessee Titans, the clash of the AFC South. Uh, could be without C.J. Stroud uh, on, on the Houston side of the ball, which means Davis Mills at quarterback. No Tank Dell. Uh, maybe no Nico Collins, who is dealing with a hamstring or a, a uh, sorry calf injury. Uh, then you have Dalton Schultz, who's been managing a hamstring injury. I don't know. We might see uh, Devin Singletary and Brevin Jordan combine for 83 targets in this game. How about like anybody that you think you can reliably start in this offense if it is Davis Mills at quarterback? No, I, I really this sucks because, <laughs> yeah, CJ Stroud's been so good. I know, you know, last week wasn't great, but it looks like just looking at the practice report, um, Nico Collins did not participate in practice on Thursday and CJ Stroud still in the concussion protocol, not practicing on Thursday either. So um, with that, Noah Brown is an option at wide receiver, but he's super, uh. super risky, um, especially considering, you know, zeros in two straight weeks. But we've also seen him have a couple monster games in the two weeks prior to that. It's such a risk. I don't know that I'm willing to take it, um, but they're, like you said, there's not going to be a ton of people um, for, for Davis, the neck mills to throw to this week. I, yeah, Davis, the neck mills. If anybody hasn't seen a picture of Davis mills, next uh, neck, please pause the podcast, go to uh, whatever web service app you have on your phone and Google Davis mills neck. You will know exactly what we're talking about. It is a tree trunk, but uh, you know, I, I, I think you're right. Um, kind of hit the nail on the head there. We could probably move on pretty quickly here. Um, now we'll talk about the Tennessee Titans who, you know, they get the, the Texans allowing the eighth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks have been able to force some turnovers and, and, you know, they, they look good on defense, but, um, you know, on, on paper, uh, have allowed some points to fantasy running backs. We have, you know, Will Levis, who coming off a, a really outstanding performance in week 14. I don't think you can trust it here heading into week 15. As much as I love Will Levis, I love what he offers in terms of, uh, you know, upside on the ground. I, I don't think you can trust really any any of this heading into, you know, week 15, uh, even in what was easily by far the best game of his career. One touchdown, one interception, 327 passing yards, like eh, whatever you're starting Deandre Hopkins. Um, the only other question, I think, you know, you have Derek Henry. Can you start Tajay Spears in a, a tough, you know, if you're hurting, right? Like Tajay Spears, 89 receiving yards last week, uh, eight targets, six receptions, uh, had another 29 uh, yards on the ground on seven rush attempts. How desperate do you have to be before you start considering Tajay Spears in your lineup? <laughs> yeah, for PPR leagues, I, I mean, that's really the only place you're considering him, right? Um, I mean, yeah, deeper league flex that that's like, I could see him being in starting lineups this week. Uh, you know, for people that don't have a ton of depth, maybe they drafted Tajay Spears in a dynasty league, something like that. You you could be putting him in there and hoping for that that target volume again. Um, we'll see. It's going to depend on game script, right? It, it, what's Davis Mills going to do for the Texans? Is he going to be able to give them a lead? Is it going to be similar to last week um, where the Titans have a lead um, against the a Dolphins team and they got to try to maintain that? I don't know. I Yeah, Tajay Spears, not, not a 
ton of confidence, but like it's it's really just like deep league, maybe dynasty flex, probably the only spot that uh, I could I could picture him being in starting lineups. Uh, I think that's totally fair. Chig Conquo, if you're desperate, I don't love uh, Chig either. Again, lots of ups and downs, um, mostly downs. So I, I don't think you can trust him. Uh, we'll move on to another South matchup, uh, this time in the NFC. We've got the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Carolina Panthers. Um, this is kind of an interesting game. It could be a spot where we see uh, Bijan Robinson absolutely blow up. You have the Panthers who are allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs. Uh, meanwhile, like it, these teams really haven't had to throw a whole ton against the Panthers because they've been so efficient in allowing yards in the ground. So um, I, I think generally speaking, fading the passing game here for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we have Desmond Ritter who does not throw touchdowns on the road. I'm not counting for another career day uh, here from Drake London. I'm, I'm, considering him a wide receiver three borderline flex play at this point um you're starting Bijan, and you know i think if you've been rolling with kyle pitts to this point sure why not but other than that not all that excited about atlanta side of the ball this week uh even despite some of the successes they found in the passing game back in week 14. yeah it makes a difference when you're, you're trailing right or you're in a tight game and you have to pass to keep up they're going against the Panthers this week who have one win on the season. Probably not going to have to pass that much. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in fading the, the passing offense as well and just rolling with uh, Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very fair. Um, Bijan Robinson, I think, could be in a spot. Uh, I, I think he walks away with a touchdown here in in week four, uh, week 15. Um, on the other side of the ball, we've got the Carolina Panthers, who uh, they continue to kind of struggle finding their identity on offense. You do have Chuba Hubbard, who like since this new uh, since they've cleaned house and we've got some new coaching staff, they have really committed to the run here with Chuba Hubbard over the last two games. Um, he has had 25 touches in each of those outings, uh, 90 plus scrimmage yards in both of those outings. Um, you know, I think from a volume standpoint, you, you definitely start Chuba Hubbard. Um, other than that, I think it, you, you can consider at this point, Adam Thielen. I'm not excited about Adam Thielen as I once was, you know, especially considering this kind of renewed emphasis on the run game. Um, but I think, you know, if you're in a full PPR league you can probably consider Thielen and that's about it from this team agreed cool let's <laughs> move on this is one of uh another game that I'm pretty excited for the Washington Commanders at the Los Angeles Rams uh the Washington Commanders defense uh let's be honest what defense like they don't play defense so you're looking at a prime opportunity for Matthew Stafford to keep the ball rolling he has been a quarterback one uh, I think in each of the last four weeks I think he keeps the ball rolling here in, you know, week 15. I think he's pretty much as close to like a must start as you could get uh, for the tier of quarterback that he's in. Um, unless you have like a Josh Allen, Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy, I think Stafford's in your lineup and he needs to be uh, commanders allowing the league uh, or allowing a league high 30 passing touchdowns uh, leading the league in yards allowed. Um, allowing scores on a, a league high 46.9% of opposing drives this season. 
not forcing a ton of turnovers. This is just going to be a yummy, delicious delight for the LA Rams. I'm starting Stafford, Puka, starting Cooper Cup, who finally had a bounce back week. Um, any, any sort of, is there anybody you wouldn't consider playing? Maybe that's the question here for, <laughs> for the Rams. Is there any receiver? I, I don't think you're, you're starting the, um, Tyler Higby, I think, um, still out in this one, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. but I think you're starting the wide receivers. You're starting Kyron Williams and you call it a day. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I, I was scared of Matthew Stafford last week against the Brown or against the Ravens. And man, he proved me wrong. He, he was amazing. And uh, yeah, definitely not scared of him this week. Um, it's a much, much better matchup. So um, I, I have many more words on it in the uh, offensive line, defensive line matchup article coming out tomorrow. So I will try to not less, let people listen to my voice uh, about this. You can check that out for free tomorrow, but we love Matthew Stafford this week. <laughs> love Matthew Stafford. I think he's, he's definitely a must play. Um, moving on to the other side of the ball, since that side of the ball was so easy, uh, we've got Sam Howell up against the Rams defense along the seventh most fantasy points per game to the running back or quarterback position. Uh, Sam Howell, he's, you know, been a, a, I think great, you know, garbage time kind of volume play. Um, it's translated to fantasy production. So I think again, one of those low end QB ones that you can throw into your lineup, um, Brian Robinson, keep an eye. He, you know, had an injury before the buy. It sounds like uh, he didn't practice on Wednesday with that hamstring injury. So could be uh, a spot for some more Antonio Gibson coming out of the buy. Keep an eye on that. Um, could be a, a viable PPR play, uh, perhaps if you are, um, you know, in, in desperation mode, he might be, you know, one of those low end RB two RB threes in full PPR. Um, anybody else that you're really trusting in this offense? Like it's kind of been a revolving door at receiver and that's, what's made this so challenging to project. You know, Sam Howell's going to throw the ball, you know, he's going to throw it a lot, but who is he going to throw to? Nobody knows. Yeah. that That's the hardest part, right? Like, I mean, if you had told me heading into the year, Sam Howell or whoever the Washington quarterback was going to be is going to lead the NFL in dropbacks and pass attempts heading into week 15. You're probably very excited about Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, but it's a completely different story. None of these guys have thrived and they've been so disappointing. So that's, it it makes them harder to trust. Like Terry McLaurin's a wide receiver three at best. um, I, I think most weeks now. And uh yeah, just uh, just they, they they've been disappointing. So you're not excited about putting them into lineups, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of where we're at. Like, you know, Terry McLaurin, none of these guys are must starts, uh, especially Terry McLaurin. I think like, again, he's one of those guys that has the name value and you get kind of trapped into the circumstance of wanting to start him because of the name value. But I, I don't think he's a must start uh, in this circumstance. Sam Howell is really kind of the only guy I'm I'm looking at here for um, a potential start. Maybe Logan Thomas, if you're feeling desperate. Um, the Rams are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to the tight end position, uh, rank third in yards per game to the position. Could be an interesting spot if they look to exploit that a little bit more. But again, the the rotation between these receivers has been a maddening one. So kind of hard to to project on on any end. Let's move on. We've got a couple more games here on the Sunday slate. Um, let's 
go on to the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Arizona Cardinals in what should be an absolute beatdown from this 49ers defense. Um, I think Arizona Cardinals, like in general, I'm I'm trying to avoid Kyler Murray if I can. I'm trying to avoid James Conner if I can. Um, especially James Conner, this run defense since trading to acquire Chase Young. Um, they've allowed just a single touchdown to running backs uh, since they acquired him in week 10 on the ground. Not been a favorable matchup. And for a guy who, you know, his biggest issue uh, from a, a fantasy production standpoint has been finding the end zone. I don't think this is a great spot. Um, Marquise Brown don't love that either. I know, the, you know, the 49ers have been kind of most susceptible to the air uh, through the air, if anything, but I, I think it's going to be Kyler Murray funneling targets to Trey McBride and kind of that's it. Like he has become target number one in this offense and it's getting really hard to trust Marquise Brown, who just continues to kind of lob up goose eggs for our lineups. Yeah, this has been, uh, yeah, the, the offense here, the passing offense has really just been a, a kind of a Trey, Trey McBride show. And like even James Conner, you would hope that there would be some receiving production there, but he just hasn't been involved as, as on passing downs, right? He has 36 receiving yards this year. That's it. Um, and I know he's missed, he's missed time, but that was not the norm for him last year. He was, he was involved as the receiver. He had plenty of games where he was over that. So yeah, this is, uh, this is not the matchup to be, you know, overly excited about James Conner or Marquise Brown, Trey McBride. Sure. Um, and Kyler Murray, even I, I don't feel great about Kyler Murray hasn't been great when pressured this season, that 49ers D line can definitely bring pressure. Um, Murray's earned a 41.7 passing grade when pressured, which is 27th among 39, uh, backs or 39 quarterbacks, um, 43.8% completion rate when pressured it's 31st among those same qualifying quarterbacks uh it's just it's it's a really poor matchup here so um hopefully there's some most rosters have better options than kyler murray this week yeah uh fingers crossed that you do have have better options i know there's there's some upside in terms of the run but i do think this is going to be one of those those tough sledding matchups meanwhile the 49ers boy oh boy do they get an absolute delight up against this cardinals defense that you know can't do much of of anything they cannot stop anything and now they face the unstoppable force that is the 49ers. I'm so sorry to Buda Baker and company. You're going to have your hands full here. There's no secret there. You're starting Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Debo Samuel, who's been on an absolute tear and, and looking like the Debo Samuel of, of yesteryear. Um, Brennan Ayuk, George Kittle, like you're starting all your 49ers. Is there any debate there? I don't know. No, this is yeah, super easy offense. <laughs> oh, you're like boom, making my job easier. I love yeah. you, Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> uh, thank you for for giving us a, a fairly easy matchup. Now, speaking of easy matchups, the Kansas City Chiefs they will travel to face the New England Patriots this week um, in Gillette Stadium. Now, the Chiefs they've been on a skid, right? They've lost four out of the last six games. Haven't looked particularly explosive, though. Their defense has been holding up, I think, better than really anybody would suspect uh, that they would have handing into the season. Um, obviously, you don't love that it's a, a road game. New England could be a, a challenging environment to play in, but this New England defense, they, they've they had a lot of success defending the run, but um, kind of been beatable through the air, which might be a great spot for Patrick Mahomes, Rashi Rice, 
Travis Kelsey to find their groove again. Cause it, you know, Rashi Rice, we've been, you know, continuing to see an increase in involvement from him over the last few weeks. His, his metrics, all of his efficiency metrics, yards per route run, uh, yards after the catch per reception, they rank him among the most elite wide receivers in the league. Now we're starting to see that, that fantasy production kind of start to follow there. We're starting to see that increase in workload for him, target share. Um, now, you you obviously know you're starting Mahomes. You're starting Rashi, I think, at this point, right? We're all starting, yeah. Uh, no, no more debating there. You're starting Travis Kelsey. The biggest question heading into this game is what do you do with the ground game? Isaiah Pacheco missed another practice with a shoulder injury. He missed last week with a shoulder injury. I don't think it sounds like he's going to play. I don't think it sounds like he's likely. So you're going to have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who saw the bulk of the work on the ground, but they split snaps. Uh, he split snaps with teammate Jarek McKinnon fairly evenly. And you saw Jarek McKinnon get the touchdown. I think the answer, if you had to pick one of these, uh, just given how tough they've been to, to beat on the ground is probably Jarek McKinnon. And again, maybe they sub out some of that run game for, you know, some screen passes to the running backs that I think should favor McKinnon. But in general, if I can avoid this backfield, I would prefer to do so. Yeah, you definitely want to, yeah, you, you're not going to be excited to put them in, but like, I, I don't mind a path here for, for Clyde Edwards, Alaire. like it does, like you said, Pacheco, he didn't practice today, uh, Thursday that is. So it doesn't seem likely that he's going to go. So McKinnon, he did get a lot of snaps last week. A lot of them, a lot of that came in the two minute drill as well. So that helped him quite a bit. Um, even the touchdown that he got came in two minute drill. So I think with this matchup against the Patriots, I think there's more opportunity for Kansas City to to take a lead and 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 focus on just kind of running the ball, um, and and give more opportunity for Clyde Edwards-Helaire. So that that's the path for me that I could see at least for for making him a startable option. Like you're not going to be obviously excited about it because Pacheco's been so much better, but there's there's at least opportunity there for like where if I have to put Clyde Edwards-Helaire in a flex spot, um, I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, again, temper, temper your expectations, probably just from an efficiency standpoint, hopefully they, they can find the end zone. Hopefully this is just an opportunity for the chiefs to like build up their confidence again, uh, against this defense. I just don't think it's going to come on the ground, but I'm, I'm hoping to be proven wrong. Cause I do have to start Clyde Edwards, Alaire in, in a spot this week, which I'm not happy about, uh, on the other side of the ball, do you start Ezekiel Elliott end of sentence? Yes. Uh, Demario Douglas, maybe, maybe if he's playing, which again, who knows? And it's the Patriots. So there's a chance that he'll be limited or rotated in and out. So yeah, I think it is just Ezekiel Elliott for me. Hunter Henry, uh, you know, found the end zone twice in their last matchup. I don't think that's going to be the case here against the chiefs, uh, 27th and fantasy points per game to tight ends. Um, Meanwhile, you know, I mentioned before the, the, Pittsburgh's middle of the field inside linebacker position has been a problem, especially in coverage. I think the Patriots just kind of game plan to that and they executed it to perfection. I don't think we're going to see that a repeat of that performance here uh, in week 15. Keep the ball rolling. We've got the Dallas Cowboys at Buffalo Bills. One of the best games on the slate. This is actually a pretty good game slate. I feel like I've said that a few times. One of the best games on the slate. This is a goodie. We have the Dallas Cowboys offense who is absolutely steamrolling any and all opponents, Dak Prescott playing out of his mind uh, very well in the running for NFL MVP. You have CeeDee Lamb, who looks like an all pro. 
um, you know, again, not a ton of questions here. I think the biggest, uh, you know, question remaining maybe is like temperature check on Brandon cooks. What are we feeling about Brandon cooks? Can you rely on him as like a wide receiver three flex play on the road against the bills? Or are you avoiding if you can? No, not, not necessarily avoiding. Like you said, he, he's been decent and yeah, I think that that's where he's at is, is, is more of a flex play. Um, We've seen him also be more effective against man coverage um, this season compared to zone. Like he's averaging 0.48 fantasy points per route run against man, which is tied for 28th, where it's zone. He's tied for 84th in that regard with 0.25. So Buffalo, they're they're one of those teams that play an average rate of both man and zone, but their biggest coverage weakness is when they're in man. So they've allowed 9.9 yards per coverage target. They've allowed a first down or touchdown on 58.9% of plays. And they've allowed a 22.1% explosive play rate while in man coverage. All of those numbers are bottom two marks in the league. So either worst or second worst um, for, for Buffalo there in, in coverage. So yeah, don't, I don't hate Brandon cooks um, as a flex play this week. And again, apologies for my voice. Stop. We're, it's okay. We're here to talk fantasy <laughs> um, regardless of your, your voice or lack thereof. Um, on the Bills side of the ball, you've got Josh Allen. Obviously, you're starting. Uh, you're starting James Cook, who has had four straight games with 100 plus scrimmage yards, two touchdowns out of the last four games. Um, like since this team has moved on from Ken Dorsey, this has been an offense that has run through, you know, James Cook, especially in the receiving game early and often. I think he is a bona fide must start every single week at this point. Um, you love to see that kind of usage. Um, you're starting Stefan Diggs. I, you know, I think you're starting Dalton Kincaid. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. So keep an eye on that. Um, but you know, the, the only, uh, Gabriel Davis in the room is Gabriel Davis. And I don't <laughs> think you can trust Gabe Davis in your fantasy playoffs goose eggs in three of the last five games, literal goose yeah. eggs. Yeah, like we we talked about last this last week with Gabe Davis, right? That we talked about him the, that it was bound to be a down week um, for him, considering his poor numbers against man coverage. And yeah, he failed to even record a catch last week. So going against the Cowboys, another man heavy defense, another one of the best man heavy defenses or best man coverage defenses in the league. Um, just to recap, Davis's numbers against man. 0.22 fantasy points per run tied for 80th, 60.9 receiving grade, which is 80th, and a 1.06 yards per route run, which is 81st against man coverage. So Gabe Davis, no thank you. Um, maybe another time. No bueno. Yeah, uh, pa big pass on Gabe Davis here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the team. That's the offense. Uh, I, I think, again, two really, really good teams, very exciting teams to watch. Two really good offenses, uh, but two, you know, the Dallas Cowboys defense will see how they perform on the road um, and how much they're going to be able to contain these Buffalo Bills who have just looked a little bit better. Um, you know, obviously you have the Dallas Cowboys who, who can get a, a little bit of pressure on, on Josh Allen and company, but nothing he hasn't dealt with before. So we're, I think we're in a good spot. Moving on, let's head into Sunday night football. We've got the Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars, a good, pretty good game. We've got, uh, like I said, this is like one of the better, I, I think, game slates that we've seen all season long. Um, the Baltimore Ravens are absolutely on fire. Um, 30 point games like they're made of candy. I don't know. Like the, the Baltimore Ravens offense is hashtag good. 
Um, you have the consist inconsistencies for Lamar Jackson, um, just in terms of like passing volume, whether he's needed to pass versus, you know, this team kind of grinding out the run. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, he's, you know, been more involved over the past several weeks. I think he's a, a great start against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense, along the seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. He's taking on a, a more substantial role coming off a performance as the wide receiver six last week. Um, you know, had, I, I think, just a, a nice increase in target share, seven plus targets in three of the last five games, uh, a touchdown in three of the last five games. I think you, you start OBJ as a flex play at this point. And then Isaiah likely who, you know, again, he, he looks good. I think you start Isaiah likely as well. If you don't have one of these upper, upper tier tight ends. Absolutely. Yeah. Really like Isaiah likely this week and coming off a nice week as well. Five passes um, that he caught for 83 yards and a touchdown against the Rams. So really like that. He's, he's been consistent in his, his usage and, and involvement in the offense with Mark Andrews out. So yeah, like Isaiah likely Isaiah flower or Zay flowers, Odell Beckham as well. Um, Lamar, it's just the running backs that are, that are the question mark. Right. And I, I know you wrote about um, the Ravens backfield um, being a hodgepodge in your, in your, um, your running back touches report. So we were really hoping that the the snaps would increase for Keaton Mitchell coming out of their buy. There was, there was a trend there. They were trending up and then unfortunately it just didn't happen. So I, I feel like Keaton Mitchell drops down the rankings this week. I, I'd be curious where, where you're at with him. Yeah, it feels like every single week I'm talking about the Ravens in the rushing report just because every week it feels like we're getting some mixed results. Last week, uh, saw Justice Hill play a, a team high in terms of snap total, uh, routes run, saw a, a little dip for Keaton Mitchell. Um, but like the the usage has been kind of all over the place. I still think if you have to start one, Keaton Mitchell is probably the best option. Um, but not super excited because I think you saw last week, this can be kind of a, a game script dependent uh, in terms of their usage, uh, just not a ton of reliability there for the Ravens. You know, they're going to run the ball in some capacity. They're going to have the running backs involved in some capacity. It's just who and in what capacity will that be? And it's been, a, you know, a, a challenge to predict. Uh, how about a, this is like one of the most interesting offensive defensive matchups in the, the league this week. I think uh, Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the, the Ravens defense, which has been absolutely suffocating pretty much to every single fantasy position, not a ton of fantasy points being scored against the Baltimore Ravens in any capacity. Um, you have Evan Ingram though, who's been on an absolute tear over the last two weeks, two top five performances, I think from a volume perspective, um, you're, you're rolling with Evan Ingram with that, that omission of Christian Kirk in the lineup. He's gotten a little bit, a couple more routes per game coming out of the slot. Um, I, I think that's going to be huge. I think from a volume perspective, you, you continue rolling with Evan Ingram as a top five option. Um, Calvin Ridley though, we continue to see a lot of that volatility and I, I think we're going to see another, another down day against this Baltimore Ravens defense. I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, not overly excited about the passing offense as a whole. I do like Evan Ingram, like you said, and and Travis Etienne, obviously. But as far as guys like Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence, like those are the ones that I'm I'm most concerned about against Baltimore. Um, actually, Nick Botterford uh, here at PFF wrote, wrote a really good um, 
piece here for the the quarterback streamers to avoid this week and 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 highlighted Trevor Lawrence and and did a nice job pointing out um his numbers from from last week after this this injury that he's had this high ankle sprain so he he was just comparing the the numbers from weeks 1 to 13 um to last week post injury so looking at, and that was for his numbers on the run by the way like Trevor Lawrence throwing on the move um and they've been significant they were significantly worse and i i know it was a one game sample size but just to quickly go over it like Lawrence 56.7 passing grade um, last week versus a 68.5 typically on the season, zero big time throws versus a 7.6% big time throw rate prior, just a 50% um, adjusted completion rate while throwing on the move as well, which was usually 72% prior um, 2.8 yards per attempt as well. And 8.7 was, was prior to that Um, 0% of his throws were beyond the sticks as well. When he was on the move where that was at 41% um, prior to the, prior to the injury. So again, one game sample size, but we've seen it already start to affect Trevor Lawrence, this potential injury here. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I think this entire game probably going to funnel through Travis Etienne and, and Evan Ingram, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Um, let's move on Monday night football, closing out the week. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to face the Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously they are in a spot where they are fighting for that number one seed. They need to pull out a win. They need to bounce back. Um, but their defense has been totally struggling, which could put, the Seattle Seahawks in an interesting position to take a little bit of advantage, gain some yardage, uh, score some points. You love what we're seeing out of DK Metcalf. He's been on a, you know, a, a tear as of late, um, you know, not, not necessarily a, a great day here uh, back in week 14, but just the week prior was the overall wide receiver one. Um, two weeks before that wide receiver 10. So like you're, you're still seeing some of that volatility, but I think overall um, DK Metcalf going up against the secondary that leads the league in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers should be a, a very big day. Um, Tyler Lockett, again, still haven't really seen that, that as high a ceiling as you probably hoped. And I think the floor is a bit lower. So not overly excited about Tyler Lockett, but from a matchup perspective, it could be um, an interesting spot for like a wide receiver two week. Um, Most interestingly, I I think I'm kind of at a loss for what to do with these running backs. We're not starting Geno Smith if he's healthy. We're not starting Drew Locke, but can you trust either of these running backs? We kind of saw some interesting usage last week. Uh, Pretty much, you know, fairly even, you know, workload split. You saw Kenneth Walker actually take on a greater role as a receiver last week than we have in in weeks prior, which that's kind of been Charbonnet's bread and butter, but Zach Charbonnet kind of got like more of the the work, traditional running back work, the carries while Walker manned the receiving duties, which was a a very interesting flip uh, than from what we've seen in previous weeks. But again, that split, I think might just make it difficult to start either of these guys um you know philly a little bit weaker against the run as in the last couple of weeks but still 31st in fantasy points per game to running backs can you trust these guys yeah that's that's the hard part right like i it it definitely you know you feel better about kenneth walker but 
I'm definitely not trusting Zach Charbonnet. At the very least, all he does is really kind of loom over Kenneth Walker's value, right? Basically kind of keeping a cap on what he does. But it was at least nice to see Kenneth Walker outsnap Zach Charbonnet, like you said last week, for the first time in like four or five weeks um, that they were playing together. So yeah, that that part makes Kenneth Walker playable for me in, in more of a flex range as well. Like he's he's not really locked into that top 24 running backs, I don't think for me. Um, so yeah, I would play him in deeper leagues, but again, you're you're definitely tempering expectations, and and I'm trying to avoid sharpening. I think that's totally fair. Now, on the other side of the ball, I think uh, this offense is again kind of straightforward. You're starting Jalen Hurts, uh, you are starting AJ Brown, you're starting Devonta Smith. Um, the two biggest question marks that I think people are going to have here is regarding running back DeAndre Swift, who's seen. Uh, a decrease in his overall workload over the past couple of weeks. Now, notably, uh, you had a couple of blowout games where they weren't really in a position to maybe have enough time to establish the run, uh, you know, kind of got blown out by the 49ers, then by the Cowboys, um, you know, and that has related or, you know, translated to just 19 total touches for DeAndre Swift over the past two weeks. No team has allowed more fantasy points per game to the running back position since week eight than the Seahawks. So I think this should be a good spot for them to reestablish the run. I'm okay going back to DeAndre Swift this week. I think he's a fine RB, you know, fringe RB1, RB2. Am I off my rocker um, for uh, – it's hard. I, I no. It's very hard to trust a guy who's had 19 total touches yeah. over the past – two weeks in the first round of your fantasy football playoffs, but I think you can do it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, the, this I, I wrote about him in the O-line D-line matchup article as well. And like you said, you, 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 you nailed the reasons why we didn't see DeAndre Swift do much over the last three games. And they, they didn't run the ball that much. They were, they were 23rd in rushing attempts per game over those three games where typically on the year, they're fifth in that regard. Um, they they run 30 times per game um, typically. Right. So that that's where I think we can see the the game script shift back into Deandre Swift's favor um, here against the Seahawks, the Eagles offensive line, one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the league, Seattle. Um, they are um, among the bottom of the league as far as run defense graded and their defensive line. Right. So um, I, I know we've seen DeAndre Swift's usage um, kind of diminish here in, in recent weeks, but I think that advantage in the trenches plus a positive game script uh, that that puts it back in play for me this week. I, I would have no problem putting him in as like a, a low end RB two. I love it. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I'm not totally insane. Cause I, I felt strongly about the take, but it, again, it, I know it's, it's really hard to trust some of these, these, you know, running backs who maybe you had a little bit too much faith in and in situation hasn't played to that, unfortunately, but I do think this is the time, if any, um, I, I think the last remaining question, Dallas Goddard, how are we feeling? I, I know not necessarily like the boom game uh, return from the, the broken forearm last week, not necessarily the biggest performance that you would have hoped, but um, you know, still four targets on the day, 30 receiving yards, um, you know, was played pretty much a full allotment of snaps. So I think you can, if you don't have one of these top tight ends roll with Goddard um, and hope he has a boom game, but you know, I, I think he has a, you know, a, the same floor that you're probably seeing from a lot of these other sort of mid tier tight ends. 
Yeah, for sure. I think if you have a better option than Dallas Goddard, you probably know it already and you're leaving that person locked into lineups. Whereas, you know, if you're thinking between Dallas Goddard or like a Kyle Pitts, I'm going Dallas Goddard um, and basically anybody after that. uh, You kind of have a feeling already where Dallas Goddard stands among tight ends um, coming off injury and a little bit of involvement last week. But yeah, just like low end tight end one basically is, is the way I guess to put it. Yeah, I think that is totally fair. Now, we are through our 16 game slate. I want to thank everybody for listening to me ramble on and on and on while we gave John's voice a rest. Um, if you have any questions for us, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Kate Majuk. Um, John, I don't know your Twitter handle. I'm so sorry uh, to shout it out. Uh, he's shaking his head. No. So don't go follow John, I guess, but be sure hit that subscribe button, like come visit us, follow us on YouTube. Um, and, and let us know if you have any answers. We'll put the timestamps in the comments, uh, you know, to, to go back and listen to those specific team matchups, but, um, that is it for week 15. We bid you good luck and we will see you next time.